0: It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now! I'm starving! On the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby! It is the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast, and it is presented by DraftKings, as always. Speaking of DraftKings, we've got two more contestants for the July Best Ball Draft over at DraftKings, head-to-head with me and Joe. I am me. I am me. That's a great line. Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman at Ross Tucker NFL on all the social media platforms. All the shows are always posted, and the highlight clips of the various shows are posted at Ross Tucker Pod. Joe is Joe Dolan, at FG underscore Dolan, the master of all he oversees over at FantasyPoints.com. Make sure you use the code 21FEAST when you sign up here in 2021 for your Fantasy Points subscription, which you absolutely should do. So excited, by the way, for today's guest, Scott Fish. He's like famous. I mean, he's more famous than me and Joe. That's for sure. He so. knows who Scott Fish is because of the Scott Fish Bowl. And we are going to be able to talk to Scott momentarily. The first thing I want, though, we got two more best ball contestants Mike Shirk, who last week sent not only his Patreon, but also he signed up at fantasypoints.com. So kudos to Mike Shirk. And then you've got Justin Christopher. I said on Monday's Ross Tucker football podcast, Joe, I said the first patron, the first new patron we get, you're in the best ball draft. Well, that was JC Justin Christopher. So those two guys are in. We've got four in. We'll pick three each of the next two weeks, and then we go. And then it's time to go. Those of you that went ahead and signed up. For Patron, because there's a couple others that you weren't first. You do one other thing and you're in. So those other guys, John Carlo and Jason and Ben, you do one other thing, you're in. So all you gotta do take advantage of one of the sponsors, Warby Parker, DraftKings, whatever, and you're in. Joe, good morning. How are you?
1: I'm doing well, Ross. I'm 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 once again looking forward to not being the star of this particular program because um literally scott dropped everything to be on the program at the last minute like we were scrambling for a guest um we we had some things lined up that didn't work out i was like well wait a minute i'm doing the scott fishbowl draft right now and scott fish is well it's named after him so we (laughs) i like the double entendre there scott it really it took me uh (laughs) you you know you wouldn't believe how long it took me to realize oh yeah fishbowl and bowl Mm -hmm. it kind of has the football connotation there Sure. yeah uh that's, I'm a blockhead, but it's great to have you on board. Um, I just got through my seventh pick in the fishbowl. And Ross, I have to tell you, we talk on here about strategy and all that stuff and best ball, throw it out the window. <laughs> just throw it out the window. It is the single most uncomfortable draft anybody is in every year. So I have to thank you for torturing me, Scott.
2: Yeah, that's that's part of the point of it. I wanna I wanna throw everybody off and put everybody on a leave on an even playing field and uh, try to think through the settings and try to figure out how to play. It's it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Thanks for having me on, by the way, guys.
0: Yeah, Scott, thank you so much for coming on. At Scottfish24 is how you can find him on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, he's all over the place. Scottfishbowl.com is where you can hear more about the Scott Fishbowl draft. And I know, Scott, I I know you've been on before, but it's been a while. Mm -hmm. So for people that are not familiar, can you please tell
2: them about Scott Fishbowl? Sure, it's it's basically a giant pro am that brings in like uh analysts from all of the industry, uh celebrities like actors, actresses, former professional athletes. Uh like this year the theme is uh bands and like Mike Mills from REM is playing in the REM division. Like it's celebrities from all over Along with analysts all over the industry and just regular fans, just people fans of this show, fans of you know fantasy football, just playing alongside, right with these people, interacting with them, chatting with them daily about their drafts. Um, it's just a giant fun event, and we we use it to help raise a lot of money for charity. And it's uh, it's just one heck of a one heck of a ride every year.
0: All right. So, so how did it start, and what charity?
2: Sure. So it started in 2010. Uh, it, it grew really slowly. Like Mike Clay, who I'm sure you know, won the first one. Uh, we just started as a reader league for the site I ran at the time. But each year, I kept inviting more and more analysts to come play. And when one analyst says he'll play, another analyst will be like, "Oh, if he's playing, I'll play." And it just steamrolled to the point where just almost everyone plays in this thing now. Uh, it's, so it's been. A, it's this is the 11th year. Um, and about five or six years ago, I was helping a buddy with a Toys for Tots drive in Las Vegas and he, you know, he bought the toys in in Las Vegas and he couldn't do it the next year and so i kind of picked up that mantle and i was 35 at the time and it coincided with a heart attack for me and and at that point like when you have something like that happen to you something in the back of your head just says you know i want to be a better person i want to be a better role model i want to you know be a better leader want i want people to see the best possible version of me i want to be the best possible version of me and so i i started you know pushing everywhere bring a charitable element to your fantasy league. If you, if you have a fantasy league, give one entry fee to charity. And with the hundreds of thousands of fantasy leagues, we can do a ton of good. So every year we raise a ton of money for Toys for Tots. We do give some to like, last year we gave some to Equal Justice Initiative. This year we're giving some to Trevor Project. In previous years we've give, given some to like food shelves or hurricane relief, stuff like that. But the vast majority goes to buy toys all around the country. Analysts go to buy these toys all around the country in different cities for Toys for Tots.
1: And then wow. obviously, obviously, Scott. Um, uh, one of the big things, one of the easiest ways, and one of the most fashionable ways for uh, <laughs> for fantasy cares to raise money is is the wardrobe. Now, yeah. I have to tell you, I moved to Greenville, South Carolina, a couple, uh, uh, well, basically uh, a year ago, uh, in in two weeks, and um, my neighbor across the street, um, I don't think knew what I did, um, and I walked out, and I was wearing, um, I was wearing the. Uh, uh, Lego logo shirt from last year sure. uh, from, from Roto And it, and, and because last year's theme was toys and he goes, Oh, that's that Scott fishbowl. And then we <laughs> struck up a conversation and he, and, and I told him what I did for a living and it's gone national, but this year I got the ACDC style logo sure. uh, because for the music theme, um, the Roto partnership is a big thing as well. And yep. I mean, I, Hey, look, let, let, let me, let's see your shirt, by the way, let's oh, pull, pull it down is- here.
2: This one I can uh, bring it up. It's kind of a grateful dadish inspired one, and then on the back, I don't know if you can. See you got me. you
1: got tour dates.
2: <laughs> yeah, we got tour dates of all, yes. all all eleven SFBs and their themes, and then a bunch of different SFB designed band logos, like you know, like Nirvana and Public Enemy and stuff, like made in a fishbowl twist. Yeah.
1: So and those and those shirts go, the, the proceeds from those shirts go to fantasy cares as well.
2: Yep, yep. We use those to buy buy toys. And we do a 24 hour potathon. that actually, you know, it was Monday into Tuesday. So it's over now, but we raise money during that as well.
0: Absolutely awesome. Again, check him out on Twitter at ScottFish24. And Scott, one of the other reasons why I wanted to have you on, we've been having some awesome shows recently. Last week, Michael Beller. Before that, we had the Majuk ladies. So Go you ahead. needed a
2: break. You're like, too many awesome shows in a row. Let's, <laughs> let's take it down a notch before we get back into it.
0: No, you know what
2: I've realized? People really like healthy
0: debates, healthy discussions. You know, they mm-hmm. like to hear people, you know, everybody's getting ready for their drafts. Everybody's excited. They like to hear people that you are higher on than others, people that you're lower on than others, and then – hear what Joe thinks about that. So let's just dive right into it. We'll go with guys you're higher on than most. And wow, this is an interesting one because I'm going to talk about him with Greg Cosell on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast later this week. You are higher on Carson Wentz than other people. Joe and I watched every snap he played last year, Scott. So I'm very curious to hear your reasoning and logic.
2: Yeah. It's, it's not good. If you watch last year, it's not good. And he had, uh, he was constantly pressured, constantly holding the ball too long, constantly getting sacked. And there is, there is admittedly a possibility that he is David Carr now, not Derek Carr, David Carr, when he got sacked like 80 times with the Texans and it just turned him into a shell of what we thought he could be as a prospect. Um, It's possible he's broken. It's very possible. However, he's got the best offensive line he's ever had and arguably one of the best in football. Now he's got, he's got, you know, Campbell and he's got, um, uh, Hilton and you know, his tight ends are decent. More like Cox super athletic. He's got, he's got plenty of options. Um, a wide receiver that, that are healthy. Now, uh, he's got a pass catching back in the Hines that he can dump it off to if he needs to get rid of the ball, hopefully a little quicker this year. Um, I feel like reuniting with Frank Reich, who is, you know, the, his coach, his quarterback's coach, when he, when he had that 33 and seven season uh, touchdown to interception ratio. I just think it's such a better situation. And if he can rebound, him going, you know, mid double digit rounds being ranked as like a low end, like, like QB 15, 17, 20, right in that range. That's really low for a guy who's got a lot of potential upside in an offense that I think should be pretty decent.
1: Scott, this actually leads me to another point because Ross and I, as Ross mentioned, we had been doing these shows where we're having a healthy debate, but I actually want to mix some kind of fishbowl analysis into this because Wentz is fascinating in the fishbowl because you weigh sacks as a negative negative. You weigh incompletions as a negative. So um, when yeah. you're looking at that – so let, let's look at it from a macro perspective. Right. You're trying to level the playing field because I remember two years ago, Lamar Jackson just dominated the fishbowl because it's it, because it's super flex. You wanted to to, to kind of bring a way to bring those pocket passers who are out of vogue for fantasy back into the fold. Um and, and and just to relate this to Carson Wentz because he got sacked so much last year, it's possible for quarterbacks to basically put up negative points in the fishbowl this year, and they can and they're going to do it with much more frequency than they would in a normal league.
2: Right, right, yeah, and and part of the reason for that's going is not just you know towards rushing quarterbacks, it's it's towards just good and bad quarterbacks in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in the fishbowl sacks get dig negative intercept like completion poor completion percentage is negative uh interceptions are a huge hit they're minus four instead of a normal league that's minus two so it separates the tiers between if you have a good quarterback have a good game you're going to get good mm-hmm. points a bad game you're going to really hurt you're going to get almost nothing maybe even negative so that was the point for that scoring with Wentz I mean the reason I brought sacks into it was there was a lot of argument is are sacks a quarterback stat or they yeah. an offensive line stat? And so I, I wanted to bring that in. And I think, you know, I don't know that Carson Wentz is going to prove the theory on either end this year because, you know, he had a horrible offensive line last year and he got sacked a ton. Or this year he's got a great one. We'll see what happens to him. But there's no question he held the bell too long. And that, that was a, a big reason for a lot of those sacks last year.
1: You're talking to a former offensive line. I know. Ross, Ross I know. knows that sacks are a quarterback stat, right, That's, the, that's I mean. the
2: commonly held belief. <laughs>
0: Well no, in all sincere, well sacks are an offense stat. I think people would be surprised how often the receiver didn't know he was hot or the running back didn't block the right guy. But I would say it's probably quarterback one, o-line two. Yeah. I mean, he, you know, there's a reason why Peyton Manning and Brady get sacked so little. You know, it's like they yeah. haven't always had great o-lines, right? Like They've done a really good job of getting rid of the ball. Um, Three receivers that you're higher on than most. Sure. Allen, Cortland Sutton, and LaVisca Chenault. Sure. Give Give me a line on those guys, Scott.
2: Just Keenan Allen going, you know, in the third, sometimes in the fourth in drafts is crazy to me because when he was healthy with Herbert, he was getting nearly 10 targets a game like he like Herbert to just completely tunnel vision for him. And with Lombardi going over there, actually, and it's going to be it's going to be Herbert's second year. I just, and Eckler should be healthy most of the year too, which, you know, you could say that a lot of receptions might t- tick that down a little for Allen. But I just think the offense is going to be better as a whole. And I, I'm a big rising tide raises all boats uh, fan for fantasy. I just think the offense is going to be even better and he's still going to pepper Allen with just, tons and tons of targets uh I I would I would be like ecstatic with him as my wide receiver one I would gladly take him in the second but I don't have to take him there I can wait around or sometimes two in some drafts to get him I'm I'm way higher on him uh Cortland Sutton going in the seventh it seems to read ridiculous to me I know there's a lot of options there and I know Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater what are you going to do um, but he was, he put up awesome numbers and looked like an alpha receiver with like Joe Flacco and Brandon Allen, like bad Joe Flacco, end of career, Joe Flacco and Brandon Allen. And, and I just, I feel like he can overcome. I think he's QB proof is, is what I'm saying with those other options. I think the targets he's does get are going to be good. And, uh, you know, he'll, he'll have, you know, less coverage. He won't have to go up for those jump balls into double coverage like he used to. And then, uh, Chenault, I just think they're going to want to get him in space a ton. He ended the season last year with five really good games, averaging over 15 fantasy points a game. Uh, I know that there's been injury issues, but uh, you know some of the options there in the offense have gone. Trevor Lawrence is a major upgrade. Um, I, I just think this is a year where if he's going in the 11th or 12th, I'm willing to take the shot on him, and I would actually take him a little bit early. I'm fine with him as my wide receiver three or flex play.
1: Um, Yeah, Ross, Cortland Sutton's a guy that uh, unfortunately uh, every year you can't avoid it. Even if you do 100 drafts, it feels like you got blind spots on. Um, I also think part of the reason Cortland Sutton could be intriguing this year is the possibility that Aaron Rodgers is there in in, in Denver. You know, Denver, if you look at the betting markets, they're like plus 2,500 to win the Super Bowl, which is a ridiculous number. I mean, look, Pittsburgh's like plus 4,000, and Pittsburgh won the AFC North last year. It's entirely based on the notion that Aaron Rodgers could be traded there and become a quarterback this year. So Cortland Sutton, you know, Judy would take a big boot. KJ Hamler would get a boost. Fant would get a boost if Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback there, which is interesting. You and I have talked on this program, Ross, though, lavisca Shenault is a player whom I have changed my opinion on like thirty times. So uh, when when Urban Meyer and Daryl bevel yeah, it's the, the I exact, get it, I get it, <laughs> yeah. Like when Daryl bevel and Urban Meyer got hired, I was like, oh man, Laviska Shenault, he can run, you know, Percy Harvin, woo 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 woo. And then they come out in the draft, and Urban Meyer flat out admits, yeah, Travis Etienne, I didn't want you, I wanted canary's Tony. Um, and then they're using ETN in that Harvin-like role in OTAs. And, and I'm like, all right, now I'm, I'm back down on LaVisca Chenault. Like, if, why would they draft, want Canarius Tony if, if they have this guy? And then it comes out OTAs. Oh, my God, they love him. The new staff loves him. He's looking great. I'm back in on Chenault at price. Um, but I reserve my right to change my opinion yet again because there is so much unknown with Urban Meyer there, Ross.
2: It's always about price. Right, yeah. that I mean, it's the eleventh, twelfth round. Yeah, like I, I feel like that's cheap for him.
1: I feel like I'm
0: wearing my Jaguars shirt today. Whatever this color is, it's like it's Jaguars. Ask people need to check us out that's- on YouTube. YouTube.com/slash Ross Tucker NFL. So I've never seen this before. Okay, Joe, when we have guests on, I love I. I this is one of my favorite things we do. Up until you know September first, who are you higher on? Who are you lower on than the consensus? Scott texted me all the backup running backs. He's higher <laughs> on all about. I want so many of them this year. Nobody has ever said before, Joe, they're high on all the backup running backs. It's <laughs>
2: so. Yeah. What? so there's a lot of them. There's it's, it's Tony Pollard. It's Alexander Madison. It's Trey sermon who you can argue. Is he actually the backup or not? Yeah. Probably to most it at this point. Um, uh, Daryl Henderson, even in the later rounds, like Justin Jack- ja- ja- Jackson or like even Darrington Evans at the very, very end of your draft. But for me, that extra week, like we've already seen injuries. Yeah, I got a little... By I the way, Scott Scott is doing this,
0: okay? <laughs> Scott is literally giving this analysis while his son is pulling the earbud <laughs> out of his ear. This yeah. is amazing. Hey, buddy, how are you?
2: Can you wave hi? <laughs> all right go back to mommy <laughs>
1: uh um so scott um like that's, let, let, me, let, me, let me let me let me bring you back into the conversation because i want to involve the fishbowl here
2: i can okay
1: i am very glad that you're higher on all the backup running backs because i'm going to need to be high on the backup running back yes. because i have just one through seven rounds of the fishbowl so um what have been but let's go back to some of the builds that have been successful in the fishbowl have you found that like i you know quite frankly i feel like zero anything can work given that, the scoring format. That's like,
2: part, yeah, that's part of the thing with balanced scoring is that you can come through with any strategy you want and it will work. It's got the super flex for the quarterbacks. It's got tight end premium for the tight ends. It's got points per first down, which generally boosts running backs. It's got the PPR for the, the half PPR anyway, for the, for the wide receivers. And also wide receivers are, you have to start three. So their value comes in their depth. Mm-hmm. Um so I I think you can use any strategy but I I really feel as far as those all the running backs you know Pollard, Madison, Sermon, like Henderson Henderson th- those types they're going 11th, 12th, 13th, 14th round and this is a year where we got an extra game. We we already saw last year and there's been a trend towards second running backs getting more and more work. More injuries are happening. There's a, you know you got bye weeks right in the middle of your season 6 to 14. I figure with bye weeks, injuries The extra game, coaches seeing that we have the extra game, and already a trend towards the second running back gain more work. We're going to see those backups get legitimately 125 to 175, maybe even more touches. And if a stud goes down, you've got got a huge option right there. So when I'm in the double-digit rounds, I'm already drafting my bench players. I want all of those guys. I want as many of them as I can get.
0: The tight ends you're higher on than most. I've seen a lot of people that are into Troutman with yeah. the Saints, but I, I guess I, I don't know his ADP. But I've yeah. seen that a lot. And then you got Komet. with yeah. The-
2: and I was starting to think maybe maybe I'm not higher on than most. I'm just trying to get him everywhere because they're they're going so late. I didn't I didn't grab their ADP right before I got on here, but uh, it's it's late enough that I want as many of them as I as I can get. Troutman's just. Jumping into jumping into a spot with more opportunity and w- the way Winston treated brait in uh, tampa i 'm hoping he treats mm-hmm. Troutman that way i 'm hoping we see those those end zone targets that, that he liked to hit with it. He trusted his tight ends in Tampa, especially around the goal line and tight ends, you know, historically, especially the later, the deeper ones tend to be pretty touchdown dependent. And if you got a situation like that, I'm going to like it. And, and commit, I just, I just think that, I just think it's open for him to thrive there. I, I think that, I think that he's, you know, Um, he's, he ended the season last year with like six or seven targets and in five of his last six games, he was really starting to get worked into that offense. I do like Mooney there, but I think, I think Troutman is going to get a decent amount of work.
1: So Scott, let's talk about, uh, more into the fishbowl and some of the rule changes that you made this year. Um, uh, like I said, the draft always makes me uncomfortable. I think it makes everybody uncomfortable. Like, I think it's hard to write strategy pieces for it because the leagues are so different, but. I I think one of the biggest cliches in fantasy football is zigging when others zag. Mm. On a macro level, you zigged when others were zagging. Everybody is kicking kickers out of their leagues. Yeah, you brought them into the fishbowl. What's different about it? Uh, What 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 are you doing differently with kickers? What do you think the kickers are going to add to the fishbowl? You haven't. I've been in the league for years. You haven't had kickers or defenses. Uh, As long as I can remember, what are you doing with kickers this year that's different than other leagues might be doing?
2: Yeah, so there's a thing in the industry where you want to ban kickers, get them out of the league. You know, there's there's. A lot of people who think they're very unpredictable. Yeah, Ross, Ross is, is raising, Ross his raising his hand, hand. right here. Um, but there's also, you know, there, there's multiple reasons for that. But one of the main reasons is the, their scoring is random and whatnot. There are analysts that I really respect in this industry. Uh, you know, like the John Paulsons and Andy Barons and and people like that that think kickers are very predictable and they're or not very, but they're predictable and projectable. And you can figure, you can you can see the trends. You can you can take kickers in in games that have high betting lines over under betting lines and they generally do well, things like that. Um, So I wanted to cater to both parties. I wanted to make a compromise. I I wanted a win, win, win situation where they want the band kickers. People win the, the kicker love, the kicker lovers win and I win for mediating it, I guess. Um, But it's an old office, uh, (laughs) office line. Of course. (laughs) But um. this way in fishbowl they can be flexed you don't have to start them you don't have to draw draft them you can if you don't like them you don't have to do anything with them but if you like them you can bring them in throw them in your flex and and, uh, prove that you know they are flex worthy and that you can project them that's it's it's just a compromise
1: yeah you can start up to four kickers ross i know i know you're excited to uh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to Think about that. Now, most, uh, now, I think most people are going to be starting two quarterbacks. I, I think that's definitely a part of the strategy of the fishbowl. Now, Scott, um, before, before we get to talking more about fantasy cares and, and some of the things that if you're listening and aren't participating in the fishbowl that you can do, um, what are some of the interesting builds that you've seen thus far in drafts? Uh, any, anything stand out in particular about what people are doing?
2: Yeah. I think the most interesting builds I see are the, are the zero builds, the ones where like, I'm not taking a wide receiver till the ninth round, or I'm, you know, punting running back till the seventh or eighth round. I do find it interesting. I do find it interesting when I see someone start and there's value to there's, this is valid, but I I've seen someone start uh, with three straight tight ends and with Mm -hmm. the tight end premium tight ends have the highest floor and they still also have an explosive ceiling in fishbowl. So yeah. I found that interesting. I like to, I like to buoy my teams with tight ends, like have a decent yeah. amount of them, but taking three on the top is really interesting.
1: Yeah. And so um, to, to wrap everything up here, um, I, I'm sure a lot of people have been uh, listening and, and know who you are just through your presence in the industry. The the Scott fishbowl fan spots are just are massive. Um, but ultimately this is all about charity. This is all about giving back. Um, what are some of the things people can do? Um, if you're in the fishbowl, if you're not in the fishbowl that can help out the kids that, that fantasy cares help so much.
2: Sure. So, you know, a couple of years ago I decided I'm going to promote, you know, you don't have to give to us. You can just give to any charity you're passionate about. I really I just want to build this community and build that idea that you can that all these leagues can do a ton of good. So actually just take your league and be like, we should give part of it, we should give an entry fee to charity. That's that, that's what makes me happy that, that it's just being done out there. It doesn't need to be with us. For us, most of our stuff is done now. The the SF at SFB Podathon, uh, handle on Twitter their their link to donate is still open um, you can do that but otherwise really just find something that you're passionate about and, and try to bring it to your league that's 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 the best way honestly
0: Scott uh, what you built this thing into is amazing um, I really appreciate you coming on the show especially on short notice you even brought an extra guest on with your son <laughs> which was awesome <laughs> Seriously, what you've done is really impressive, man. You should be extremely proud. And the goals that you set out for yourself after the heart attack, you're doing them. You know, like a lot of people say stuff like that, and they don't actually, like, you're doing them, man. Uh, Thank you so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate it.
2: Thank you guys for having me. This is a lot of fun. I really appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much. There he is, Scott Fish. Awesome having him on the show. And awesome, Joe. Anytime you can get Ridiculous Odds, We like that. We like when the odds are on our favor. How about 264 to 1 odds on there to be a knockout in the first round of UFC 264? Love it. Just make sure you get the Sportsbook app from DraftKings on your phone. Use promo code ROSS. $264 when you bet on a main event fighter to win by first round knockout. I think that means bet on uh, Poirier to knock out McGregor in the first round. That would be awesome. That's code, Ross. You guys know the deal there. You also know these shows have been amazing, primarily because we're getting great guests on, and I love Joe's feedback. I love Joe's, you know, interaction. Some of the guys, by the way, Joe, that he wasn't as high on, um, Tyler Lockett, Mm -hmm. Josh Jacobs, Chase Edmonds, that surprises me. And Robert Tunyon. Tunyon, I get that's a touchdown thing. Um, What do they call that? Regression of the mean or whatever. But Chase Edmonds, why do you think when he chance to ask Scott, why do you think he's lower on Chase? Is Chase Edmonds going really high right now?
1: Well, he's going in like the sixth round, and I I just think that means Scott's probably just drafting somebody else at that spot as opposed to drafting Chase Edmonds. He's actually still on the board in my Scott Fishbowl draft, and I only have one running back so far. So I'm eyeing up Chase Edmonds. Maybe I should rethink that given that Scott's uh, a little bit lower on him. But, uh, yeah, Tunyon's a pretty obvious one. And the thing with Lockett, who, who I just drafted in my Scott Fishbowl draft, so ooh, maybe I should uh maybe I should have rethought that one. Um it's a consistency thing for him. He has huge games and he has like some games where he's a complete zero. So he's been kind of an inconsistent player while people uh acknowledge how, how good that he actually is.
0: Yeah, I'm totally with you. Um Joe. Uh I, I'm with you on that for sure. And I think I I think what's funny what Kenyon Drake's now complaining about the guy in Kingsbury that got him paid twice. I don't really understand <laughs> that. I do understand next week's show will be even better. Giving away three best ball entries. Get in here. I'm stuffed. We're done. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Even money, business of sports, and the college draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, Rostucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. A lot of times on the show, I mentioned DraftKings. Here's what you need to know. You gotta be twenty-one or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem, call one hundred GAMBLER or in Indiana 109. 109-